This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, July 4th, 2021. David, Prophetic Future, given by Bonnie Sieben. Good morning. Wow, those lights are brighter than I remembered them being. Okay. I would say it's nice to see you, but to be honest, I can't see any of you right now. Um, My eyes will adjust. (laughs) My name is Bonnie Sieben, and I am the outgoing director of Youth and Family Life here at Connection. And I am pleased to be here with you this morning while pastors Carrie and Alan are traveling. So we wish them well. If you're online this morning, welcome. And um, to Barry, who's also traveling, welcome to Barry as well, who I think is watching online. And to everyone joining us both here and online. I'm just very excited to be here with you this morning. Happy 4th of July, and um, welcome as we gather together to learn about the life of David this morning. And before we get started, would you join me in prayer? Father God, thank you for this opportunity to explore David's life and how it can influence us even today and how we can take from it lessons that we walk out in our own lives. And so we pray for that today. We pray for your holy revelation and an opportunity to just connect with you, Lord, and to connect your word to how we live and walk out everyday life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes stories about Bible characters feel a little bit larger than life. And I think of them as, you know, almost action heroes in a movie, you know, and I don't necessarily think of them having day-to-day ordinary routines and average days in their life because I'm thinking about these huge moments that we learn about as children and hear about in scripture. And they do have these incredible moments, right? But actually a lot of their lives were still lived in the ordinary. A lot of their lives are still lived in the day-to-day, the routine, the mundane. And the Bible details more of that sometimes than we necessarily realize and remember. David may have squared off against Goliath and ended up as king of Israel, but there was a time in his life where he was just a boy in a field doing a fairly dangerous and somewhat mundane job of tending the sheep and goats. And so today, what we want to explore is that beginning point of David's life, before he faced a giant, before he was king of all of Israel, back when he was a bit overlooked by his own family, uh, and where his story and walk began. So before we do that, to have a little bit of context, we're actually going to rewind a little bit before we come to David in the story. In 1 Samuel, which details a lot of this information, which is a book in the Old Testament, we see that King Saul is actually the ruler of Israel, and he was anointed by the trusted prophet Samuel to be king, and um, he had been ruling for quite some time. Samuel was known as a prophet Who's, it says in Scripture, 1 Samuel 3, 21, his words went out to all the people of Israel. He was a trusted prophet. He was one of their spiritual leaders while Saul was their king. And while Saul was once a trustworthy and loyal king, the Lord says to Samuel in chapter 15, verse 11, that Saul had not been loyal anymore. It says, Saul was not loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. This is very difficult for Samuel, who has been that prophet to anoint Saul king and watch him grow. He had hoped for a very different outcome over Saul's life. But Saul's disobedience 
and his disloyalty to the Lord's command meant a time was coming when he would no longer be in that position of authority over Israel. A way for a new king had to be prepared. And so we pick up our story this morning as we begin to explore David's life in 1 Samuel chapter 16, 1, where it begins with, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as the king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. While we are focused on David today, I cannot help but pause here in the story and be inspired by the obedience of Samuel. He was mourning a tragic outcome in a king he cared about. He was risking his own life to anoint a new king. Yet he was faithful. That simple phrase, Samuel did as the Lord instructed, says so much about his character and faithfulness, even in the face of great difficulties. As the story continues, Samuel arrives at the home of Jesse and has him invite his sons to the sacrifice, as the Lord said. And as the sons come before Samuel, Saul, I'm sorry, as the Lord, ah, pause. And as the sons come before Samuel, he has a surprise ahead of him. It says, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Elab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so the sons continue to come forward, seven of them in all, and each one is presented. The Lord makes it clear he is not the one who is to be anointed. And then once they've all been presented, we pick up in verse 10, but Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are there any other sons that you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David that day. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Can you imagine that moment? His whole family, first of all, had gathered for a special sacrifice and meal, but David wasn't invited. He was still out in the field, faithfully attending to his duties, not invited to the party. Probably had no idea one was even happening. Suddenly, he is plucked out of the fields and in moments, hours maybe, brought before Samuel, anointed in front of his brothers, who had just been rejected, that's awkward, um, anointed king in front of his brothers and powerfully filled with God's spirit. 
in just those few short hours, he went from being overlooked to selected above everyone else. What an incredible moment. My mind begins to wonder, what brought him to that moment? What was it that set him apart from the others? We don't know for sure, but we can draw some conclusions based on Scripture. Twice, Scripture refers to David as a man after God's own heart. So think for a second, what does it mean to be after something? Think of something you have pursued with intention and passion. What have you been after in life? A relationship, a career, a home, a hobby? David was pursuing God's heart with intention and passion. He was after it. Did he make mistakes? Well, yes, actually some pretty big ones that we'll explore this month. But being after something doesn't mean you always get it right. It means you prioritize that pursuit. It means that even when sacrifice is required, you still want to obtain it. This is what I think is incredible. While he may have appeared overlooked in the fields, he was strategically placed for exactly what he needed. He needed the opportunity to develop his passionate pursuit of God with a heart of humility. What might have seemed mundane or even without value was actually developing in him the character which would define his whole life. We see this in the Psalms where David has written worship to the Lord. Think about how many of those words were inspired by nights under the stars, just maybe the animals or a few other shepherds for company, lifting up and marveling at God's name. In Psalm 8.3, David writes, While I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? human beings that you should care for them. Beautiful and full of humility. For me, I love standing at the edge of the ocean, especially on a quiet morning at the beach. It is just so glorious. That feeling of just me and the waves and this huge expanse of water and just thinking about how big the world really is and how small I really am. You know, and in those moments of taking it all in, I'm reminded not only of how small I am, but how small my problems are, my goals are, all of these things that can become sometimes so big and larger than life when I get uh, tied up in them and tangled up in them. They just all shrink down as I put my feet in those waves and just look out on the ocean, maybe watch the sunrise and think about how big and how glorious God really is. And it's such a blessing to have those moments with my toes in the sand first thing in the morning. They don't happen super often. But when it does happen, I can feel my entire kind of heart and mind just shift into alignment with God's spirit. And I think that may have been the experience that David had all those days and nights, faithfully attending to the animals, wondering at the greatness of God and the vastness of the night sky above him. And as he lived that experience, his daily obedience and his faithfulness prepared him for a path that he could not even have imagined in those moments. 
But let's go back to that moment for a minute when he was with Samuel. He's been anointed king. His brothers and father know. Samuel knows. Nobody else does. Then Samuel leaves. What do you do next? (laughs) Well, he heads back to the fields. Back to the fields. I mean, I guess they did enjoy a meal together first, a little celebration. Not sure how joyous it was, given that he was sitting with his seven brothers who had not been selected. But it was a meal spent at a table, not in a field, and it probably felt pretty overwhelming and exciting at the time. But while he had been anointed for a future position, he had a current responsibility. And that current responsibility meant that he was faithful to God's call, not just for the future or when he would someday have attention and fame, but he was faithful to God's call in a place where no one would notice it and there was no glory involved. We often want the moments of glory or attention. We want the miracle. We want the wisdom. We want that divine anointing. But do we want the faithfulness to the task at hand? Do we want the ongoing daily community with God? Wisdom doesn't come in a momentary burst. It comes in daily faithfulness to scripture and prayer until it is embedded as instinct in our hearts. Glory and attention, they really don't typically come in a burst. They come after hours and years of development at a task growing from quiet work that no one ever sees. If you know my kids, you know that baseball is a big part of our lives. Um, And one of the things I love about sports is that there's so many life lessons embedded in them, if you're paying attention. As the spring season wrapped up, my younger one, Timmy, his coach gave each player a few special gifts, and one of them had an inspirational sign for them to hang in their bedroom. And it said, today I will do what others won't, so that tomorrow I can do what others can't. Now, obviously, he was talking about doing some off-season baseball training. But I think this really applies to a lot of things, including how David was slowly developing his faithfulness and his obedience and his connection to God in all of those small moments that led up to the Lord seeing him and saying, yes, you are equipped for the task I have for you. Everyone wants to show up for the result, right? What sets apart faithfulness is when we show up for the journey, when we show up for the hours that no one sees. No one knows if I wake up early enough to spend time in scripture each morning but it shows in my wisdom and my character over time. No one knows how faithfully I'm living out the fruit of the Spirit in my life, but over time, my reputation and my opportunities will develop out of my character and how I apply that to my life. No one saw the worship of David's heart or the character he was developing, but God saw, and over time, That faithfulness equipped him for a huge life calling. It reminds me of the parable Jesus shares in Matthew 25, where there were multiple servants entrusted with a small amount of oversight. And to the one who handled the small amount well, 
it is said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. What is so incredible to me in David's story is the time between when he is anointed and when he is actually king. We are not talking weeks or months. We are talking years and years and actually years of quite a lot of difficulty ahead of him that he faced. He did not get a choice in the timeline. He did get a decision on how he used the time. I'd highlight for you one example of how that faithfulness manifested in the exact preparation needed for what was ahead. David did go back to the fields, and he continued to tend the sheep. And if you're familiar with the story of Goliath, which pastors Carrie and Alan will cover with you more next week, we know that David is the young, brave boy who squares off against the giant. Ah. We see in 1 Samuel 17, 20, that David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early, heading to where King Saul, his brothers, and the army were all camped facing Goliath. So up until that very moment, he was with the sheep and goats. There he was, still attending his calling in the fields, but tuned in and available when that call changed. And when David arrives and he interacts with his brothers, and he interacts with King Saul, and he decides he wants to be the one to take on Goliath. King Saul cautions him, sure that he is not prepared for this battle. David replies in 1 Samuel 17, 34, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. Now, that's not usually what you would think of as the, you know, reassuring a statement for I'm prepared for battle, but he goes on to talk about how he has faced wild animals and he has had to trust the Lord's protection and he has become battle ready in those moments and experiences in the fields. He continues to explain that that time as a shepherd gave him all of the skills he would need. And not only that, but it gave him the confidence to trust in God's protection because he had seen it over and over in those small experiences throughout his time. David had no idea that his time as a shepherd was setting him up with the experience and confidence needed for one of the defining moments of his life. People who know nothing else about scripture are familiar with the term David and Goliath, and they understand the implication. It is perhaps his most defining moment. But just like an Olympian who spends years preparing for a race that takes moments, or a gymnast who prepares years for a routine that lasts two minutes, it may be that moment that everyone remembers, but it is the years of faithfulness and on-scene efforts that make that moment possible. I have to say that I, I am a little grateful that I'm not a shepherd. Um, if I'm honest, my version of camping is, is more along the lines of swimming pools and air conditioning. So I'm glad that my faithfulness personally does not depend on my ability to tend animals in an open field without air conditioning. But <laughs> that doesn't mean that there haven't been months and even years where I've had to be daily faithful to mundane or difficult tasks where the outcomes were unknown. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it assures us that faith is being sure of what we hope for 
and certain of what we cannot see. It takes faith to faithfully and obediently love someone who has not loved you well. It takes faith to obediently show up in Scripture even when you feel like life is just not going your way. It takes faith to persevere when life disappoints us. It takes faith to gently apply the fruit of the Spirit into situations where we really don't want to be fruitful. But over time, as we are faithful with a little, we become equipped and ready to be faithful with a lot. We gain the perspective and the wisdom of time in Scripture and prayer and waiting, and we become equipped for the moments we have no idea we will yet get to achieve. So this morning, I would challenge you to look to David for a reminder if you feel forgotten in a field today. God does see you and hears your prayers. Stay faithful. Stay faithful to the task at hand. And if you are in a season of waiting, God is using that time to prepare you for things that are ahead that you could not even imagine. Stay faithful. Stay on the path. And as we close this morning, I would ask, where is God calling you to renew your faithfulness? How can you renew your passionate and intentional pursuit of God's heart? I'm going to invite you to join me in a closing prayer, and then Pastor Barb Auer will come up as she's going to leave us, lead us excuse me, in communion this morning. Join me in prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you that you work in ways we cannot see, that you equip us for tasks we cannot imagine, and that we can take that inspiration from David to know and believe and trust that, Lord God, you are working and moving in ways that we just will someday look back on and be so grateful for all of the preparation and waiting that we have. So we just pray your blessing over this time. We invite you to be with us in this time of communion and stir in our hearts to be inspired where we need to walk in renewed faithfulness to your heart, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.